Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So what's up? How was your day? Um, it was okay. I'm quite tired. I am so so very for looking forward to spring break. <laughs> when is your spring break? Uh, next Thursday is our last day of school, and we have Good Friday off, and then that following week. Oh, okay, nice. And I am so looking forward to it. That'll be a good. Well, how was your day? Break. Um, you know, it wasn't bad. I got up and I went and checked on, you know, our friend Jen's cats, and really, the only the one likes people. <laughs> Champ, Champ came out to greet me, and Bandit was on the bed in the bedroom, and I looked in there, and he had very, uh, very fuck you eyes. So yes, he 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 carries out. those steadily. Yeah, so I was like, I know he doesn't like anybody except for Jen, so I didn't didn't approach him at all. But Champ and I played a little bit. He was scratching <laughs> on his post, and he was really into my boots. He kept rubbing up against my boots and like chewing on the laces and stuff. <laughs> it was he cute. is so cute. I took some pictures of him because you know I like. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's super cute. He's a cute cat. Yeah, the other the other one like hates everything. He also is like, so he has some kind of like hip problem or whatever. So he kind of almost hops like a bunny when he walks. So I just mm-hmm. think that that's really cute. It makes him cuter. He is super adorable and he's pretty, like pretty gray. Yeah. Color. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, and then you put something in the crock pot that smells like heaven. Like what I think yeah. heaven smells like. I went out. Tacos. <laughs> More than once. Yeah, it's <laughs> heaven smells like tacos. You heard it here first. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I got a pork roast because the beef was just way too expensive and I put that in the crock pot. So yeah, it's ridiculous. After we're recording, it will turn into some tender, juicy shredded pork and we can put it on tacos and it'll be good. Yeah. But anyway, that was my excited face. This is booze and ghouls episode 61. I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And I was going to say, what are you drinking? But I made the drink, so I'll just tell you what you're drinking. Please tell me what I'm drinking. So you've heard of an old fashioned before. I have indeed. This is what I'm calling a new fashion. <laughs> Ooh, it's good. So hang on, let me take a sip. I like you that. So here's what I did <laughs> because we only have, so we have, you know, we're into the, we've talked about it before, but we're into that new Jameson orange. Delish. Um, Sponsor us, please, Jameson. Right with our right, different- no shit. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get you lots of sales anyway. Um, so I was like, oh, that'd be great for an old fashioned, but we didn't actually have an orange on hand either. So it has the orange flavor already in it, but I mixed up that and a little dash of lemon juice and our special flavored simple syrup. It's um grapefruit basil, I think, is the simple syrup. So I put some of that in there. Um, I shook it up in the shaker with ice and I poured it out into our glasses and I tasted it and I was like, this is still just dash too strong. I did put the bitters in there and then I was like, it's still a little bit too strong. So I put just a splash of ginger ale on top of each of them. Is that what I'm tasting? It's very delicious. It's very delicious. And it tastes, um, I can definitely taste the grapefruit in there. Yeah, it's it's a very nice mix of citrusy flavors, I think, with the delicious the, the orange from the Jameson orange, a little bit of lemon juice, and then the grapefruit from the simple syrup. So, and then the ginger from the ginger ale, it all kind of mixes together nicely. Mm. We do excuse me a second. I, I think I need to blow my it. nose before we continue. Love your boss, man. It's just like I keep sniffling and I don't wanna. Alice is just like looking at like laying on the bed. Like she's seriously like just so, so deprived of attention. (laughs) It's like, give me a fucking break, man. Well, my mom gave Ollie these biscuits and they're like giant. So we were breaking them up into smaller pieces. So I gave him a piece of this biscuit 
to occupy him and he like just left it there that's funny i think i'm okay now i don't know (laughs) oh well i forgot if there was anything else i was gonna say i don't remember um i don't know either exciting to share oh no we've been watching new girl and it is freaking hilarious Rewatching because we've already yeah 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 yeah, i started the rewatch well i was gone and then i just got back and we're like in season three or four i can't remember three season three couple episodes in yeah it's so funny and like i did it was just random that i was on there um on the night that my sister was away i was just like turned it on and i'm like i'm just gonna watch an episode of new girl like just because why not and then all of a sudden it was like new girl new girl and then I'll, then lenise came home and i'm like i've been watching new girl and she's like oh i like you know i like new girls so then we just like turn it on and it's just <laughs> so fun it's such a funny show it is a good show i love it what was i gonna say i don't know what were you gonna say oh i know what i want a little well i guess i'll i could save it for the end but I, and then i'm afraid i won't remember so i just wanted to uh put it out there for anyone who listens but maybe doesn't follow us on social media to start following us on twitter at booze and ghouls um because i'm going to put out some polls probably sometime after this episode drops about uh we're thinking about doing some format changes going forward so i wanted to just get some input on that so make sure you're following us there if you would like to have the input i actually don't even know i think polls are like anonymous and you can vote in them even if you don't follow the people but i don't know if you might have to have a twitter account i'm not i'm not entirely sure how the polls work but we're gonna do that there so be on the lookout for that yeah i um I don't know what I was just going to say. So disregard. <laughs> disregard. But yeah, get you a Twitter if you don't already have a Twitter. I mean, come on. Get in, get up in the Twitter sphere. I mean, I fully support anyone's decision to not have a Twitter because Twitter can be a terrible place. But um, I mean, definitely I support your, your, your uh, feelings of not wanting any social media. I get that. I really, I often think about getting off of, of all my like all social media platforms because people are kind of the worst yeah i mean the only reason i keep my facebook is because in case uh family needs to contact me through there because like my family has facebook but mm-hmm. um i hate facebook i'm like not a big fan of twitter for anything other than promotional purposes because it's it's also just like um a hell space i will say Still enjoying Tumblr. If anyone's still on Tumblr, I do still enjoy Tumblr from time to time. You can look at funny GIFs and memes and there's not like people yelling at each other too much. So or it's always a relief. Or if there is and I don't see it because I have the right things muted. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, so anywho, today is a odd numbered episode so the first so i guess i i will just just like jump into it maybe get your little trampoline out and just hop on the trampoline a couple times you know what's really funny that you said that because i literally right before we logged on to this i was looking at my instagram and um i followed that account we rate dogs Uh oh yeah they had a video of this dog watching an ad for a trampoline and like it was a husky and her eyes were like well their eyes were getting like really wide and just like like <laughs> oh my gosh i need this trampoline it was funny amazing um yeah so okay so last week my topic was like kind of uh, a bummer and a little bit depressing so I picked something a little, I think it'll be a little more fun this week. I mean, there's still a little bit of sadness because, you know, anytime there's ghosts involved, that means someone had to die. That's amazing, though, because I picked a subject that's like a little happier. Yeah, I just felt like it was a really not really happy, but it has a happy ending. Just a little bit more lighthearted because like I felt like, well, like yours was, you know, the toxic death of Gloria Ramirez. And that's like that's kind of a bummer too because we still don't know what really happened to her and um and then mine was you know the suicide forest which was also really 
pretty sad. Really sad, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I picked something a little more lighthearted this week, but I'm going to ask you a question. Uh Ask away. For to start, have you ever heard of a ghost light? Ghost light. I don't think so cuz I don't know what that is. Okay, I was going to say, well, from the name, what do you think it might be? <sighs> Um, the first thing that came to my mind was like Ghost Rider. Remember Ghost Rider? I do remember Ghost Rider, and that was a Ghost Rider. (laughs) Um, so in my mind, it's like a ghost that helps you helps light the way for you. Kind of like Ghost Rider helped the kids solve crimes. That is incorrect, but I will tell you what it is. I gave it my all. Um, well, okay. First, I need to give a shout out to our listener Robin because she actually inspired me to to look this up um she was sharing a picture like I guess one of her kids is in a play and they had a sign about the ghost light in the theater so a ghost Mm. light is a common thing in theaters and it's um it's usually an electric light that's left on stage of the theater when the theater is unoccupied and would otherwise be completely dark so it's usually they're making a move to more energy efficient ones, but it's either like an incandescent bulb, a CFL lamp or LED lamp mounted in a wire cage on a portable light stand. And it's usually placed near center stage. So these have been around. If you're a theater kid or if you've like, if you know a lot about theater, then you probably would have heard of this already. But um, the practical reason is really pretty obvious is, is because it would be there for safety reasons. Um, the stage manager for the show, well, formerly for the show Legally Blonde, Kim Russell said, uh, quote, you've got the edge of the stage leading to the orchestra pit. And if there weren't any lights and someone were to get in accidentally, it would be really easy to just walk off the edge of the stage and fall. It could be dangerous. Okay. So like, according to Atlas Obscura, the exact origins of the ghost light is kind of murky, but there's a lot of popular theories so there's uh-huh. this guy uh james fisher who was a theater scholar and he wrote in um the history dictionary of american theater uh that ghost light the ghost light quote comes from the days of gaslit theaters and refers to dimly lit gas lights used to relieve pressure on gas valves end quote um and then in another book called the a to z of american theater uh, he told about like this legend that one time a burglar kind of got into a theater and then he fell from a darkened stage, broke his leg and sued the theater after. So it's like, oh, wow. Which like you're there for nefarious reasons in the first place and then you're going to turn around and sue the theater. But I feel like I have heard of stranger things. Happen yes, before. I have heard of things like that will happen. Somebody will trip like, a hole, try to break into someone's house and then we'll sue them or something. Right. Yeah. I feel like I've heard stories of that before. And I don't know if those are true, but like I wouldn't be surprised, you know. People are the worst, which which we do know people are the worst. So people are the worst. People are, in fact, the worst. Oh, just absolutely. Hands down the absolute worst. Um. But other reasons for the ghost light come from superstition. So Mm -hmm. according to Wikipedia, it's a popular superstition that every theater has a ghost, like a resident ghost. Oh, really? Yeah. And some theaters even have traditions to appease these ghosts um, that like go back into their history. So for example, the Palace Theater in London, which I'm pretty sure is where I saw harry potter and the cursed child but i i mm. forgot i was gonna pull my shirt out and look to make sure because I, yeah. the theater is on the shirt and then i forgot to do it because i was like oh i was gonna check this before the show and then i forgot um but i think that's the theater that i went to in london anyway but they keep two seats in their balcony permanently bolted open to provide seating for the theater ghosts so like no one's allowed to sit there because like these seats are reserved for our ghosts. I actually love that. That's Isn't hilarious. That great. I think that's so fun. Um, there and other superstitions are that the ghost lights provide opportunities for the ghosts to perform on stage. So like if they're the ghosts of like actors who used to be, you know, in plays and stuff, that the ghost light stays there and they can relive their their heyday kind of. So that way it kind of like appeases them and will prevent them from either like cursing the production or sabotaging the set in some way. Hmm. Because um, apparently these ghosts are known to be like mis- mischievous. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I 
think well you know i don't know i think theater people in general are kind of superstitious anyway like you should yeah, never break a leg and all that right you never wish an actor good luck you always tell them break a leg um and actually you're not even allowed to say Macbeth if you're in a production you like you should never say that word they always call it the scottish play really yeah because they think it's cursed that's crazy yeah so anyway so this is also one of the explanations for the traditional one day a week that theaters are closed so you know they have a usually a show every night and then on the weekends like two shows because they do a matinee performance usually on saturday and sunday but they're traditionally at least on broadway closed on mondays oh i didn't know that either yeah so um this is also that i think they leave it closed one day a week so that the ghosts can have their show like that's what at least that's what this seems to imply from wikipedia which i think is pretty cool that is neat i had never heard that before and then apparently you know like well other people say that the ghost light is there to like kind of scare away ghosts not to appease them um so it's like keeping the ghosts Mm -hmm. away from the stage they just keep the one bright light on but yeah so that's that's kind of like the history of like a ghost light and i wanted to kind of dig into other kind of superstitions like that but instead um this led me to haunted theaters so the ghost lights are important to the haunted theaters because today i'm going to talk about one of broadway's most haunted theaters which is the new amsterdam theater um it's one of the oldest surviving broadway venues and it was built uh 1902 to 1903 from designs by Hertz and Talent, which is funny. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. It's T-A-L-L-A-N-T, but if it's Talent, it, it's funny because like Talent, Broadway. Yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's currently, the theater is operated by Disney Theatrical Productions. Um, so they've hosted their like Disney shows, like The Lion King was there and Mary Poppins was there. And currently it's home to Aladdin. Oh. Um, and there's... 1,702 seats across three levels. Oh my gosh. I love going to Broadway. Oh, me too. I've only been a couple times and I love it. That's one of the things I miss about New York is just being able to be like, hey, let's go see a play. Well, why Um, don't you say something? I could put together a little play. (laughs) I really did. Side note though, we we should go to one of these traveling ones sometime. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've been, I think, one time and it's cool. I wanted to see come from away when it was here. That's right. We were only here for a week and I just didn't have, it was like right after we had COVID and yeah. I wasn't sure about the money and everything because that's a really good play and I think you'd really enjoy it. But anyway, um, so the, so yeah, I said the theater is operated by Disney and then both the Beaux Arts exterior and Art Nouveau interior of the building are New York City landmarks and the building is on the National Register of Historic Places neat so that's so is that close to where we i'm sorry to interrupt you again no go ahead is that close to where we went well it's in the theater district uh, so yeah so there's you know there's like a i don't know how many blocks it is but the theater district has like it's broadway and there's a bunch of theaters there and then um so i'm sure it's close to what did we see when you when you came to visit we saw something rotten yeah. So it's and then gonna, we saw Puffs. Puffle, puffles. Okay. Puffs? Puffs is an off Broadway, so that's like further, a little further away. But something rotten was definitely on like the main, somewhere in the main area of yeah. Where these I remember that. Are. Um, I was kind of looking at so because there's a lot of theaters that are haunted, and I read an article on Playbill.com about it, and that's where I got a lot of this information. So, but I didn't want to list like all of them and, and talk about all the different ones when I was able to find enough on just this one. But right. like, I think one of the ones that is haunted is where Hamilton was too. And I've seen <gasps> Hamilton. So Ooh. I know I've been to that one. And then supposedly the Hudson theater is also haunted because, you know, uh, I saw, uh, my man, Adam driver there in burn this and they like Ooh, were, yeah while they were interviewing him in one of those things they asked him about it and he was like oh yeah it's haunted (laughs) oh nice like so it definitely there's like this whole thing about theaters and hauntings apparently that i didn't know before this before i looked into this ghost light thing yeah i didn't know anything about that either i mean that's not surprising as my knowledge of theater stuff isn't big but it's cool 
and also these these are a lot of these are historical buildings so even though they've been like renovated they are old and have had productions going on you know since the early 1900s so if you think right. you know there's there's that's an opportunity for a lot of ghosts to come by mm-hmm. that's just asking right so but i don't know if every theater has a resident ghost like some theaters don't have stories about hauntings there but at the new amsterdam theater their ghost is famous Ooh. This is a quote from Dana Amendola, who's Disney's Theatricals VP of Operations. And he said, we have a ghost, but we don't have a ghost light on the stage. Because we are a different classification of building, we have to do more than just a ghost light. We have to pretty much leave the lights on. So he says, because of OSHA, which is, you know, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, Mm -hmm. they require some of the lights in that theater to remain on at all times. So he said, our ghost lights are actually up in the grid and shine down on the stage. So even though it's lacking like the lone bare bulb in the middle of the stage, which is kind of like the atmospheric picture of what a ghost light is, the new Amsterdam theater still has ghost lights technically because they have lights they leave on all the time. And they actually do other things to appease their resident ghost, which is former Ziegfeld showgirl, Olive Thomas. So because of her presence in the theater and it's been like so noticeable, this guy Amendola actually had photographs of her put up at every entrance and exit to the theater and the cast and crew will wish her like a good night when they leave and they blow her a kiss. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. So he said when she's been sighted, that's what she's done. Blown a kiss to people that have seen her. Um, and then he added, usually people don't know who she is until they find out later on. And then they say, Oh my goodness. Because it's just like, they saw like this flapper girl blowing a kiss to them. And then they're like, Hey, what's this about? And they're like, Oh yeah, that's our ghost. (laughs) Just our neighborhood friendly ghost here. Yeah. And she is, she seems like she's a pretty friendly ghost. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, but they do, they put up the pictures and they blow her a kiss to honor her and then keep her antics to a minimum. Uh, so apparently as long as you keep her happy, she doesn't interfere with things. So Olive Thomas left her hometown in Pennsylvania for a better life in New York City when she was just a teenager. She was only 16 when she got married. So Thomas was her married name and Duffy was her maiden name, but she left behind her husband and started over. So she kind of just was like, fuck this small town life. I'm going to go be a star. Love it. And at age 19, she won a contest that was uh, to f- was trying to find the most beautiful girl in New York City. And she won. Oh, <laughs> and then her career kind of took off from there. So I'm like, imagine like I get like beauty pageants <laughs> and stuff, but like imagine entering a contest for the most beautiful girl in this city and then winning. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would go straight to my head. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Um, yeah. And so she was really pretty. Like you can see pictures of her and she looks kind of like what you imagine the cliche of like a a silent movie starlet to look like she had the hair and everything um and then she even did there's this one picture of her from some kind of famous uh I don't know if he's like a famous photographer whatever that had this collection of the girls and it's like a slightly it's like a topless photo and she's just got her hand over one of her boobs and it's like it's like tasteful but it's racy yeah so anyway (laughs) but she looks like that pinup girl from that time Mm -hmm. So by 1915, she found herself a chorus girl in the Ziegfeld Follies on the New Amsterdam main stage. And then um, and then also their midnight frolics at the more intimate New Amsterdam roof on the top floor of the same building, which apparently the midnight frolics were a little more risque. Um, as, as, a, as you do. As you do. I, when I frolic at midnight, it's usually a little more risque. <laughs> Definitely uh, my, my midnight frolics are always risque. <laughs> uh but but after this for a time you know being the chorus girl and doing that she was discovered and then whisked out to hollywood where she uh became an actress and did a handful of silent films um in 1919 she made a big hit in a movie called the flapper where she was the first actress to ever play such a character and that's actually where the term comes from and that movie helped popularize Mm -hmm. the term the flapper so that whole Ah. like you know style of the short hair and the beaded dress and all that thing it kind of like was was widespread from that movie and that's where like flapper the term flapper comes from apparently nice so during this time of her like movie stardom she also married an actor named jack pickford who was the handsome but hellish brother of period superstar mary pickford 
So like he was essentially a rake and while he might've been handsome and charming, I think he probably wasn't a good influence on her. And he definitely was not faithful to her because he revealed on a trip to Paris in 1920 that he had contracted syphilis. Classy. And yet, um, she probably had it too because oh, you know, guy. he was fooling around on her. Um, and then what happened next was is really up for conjecture because official reports say that Olive accidentally swallowed an overdose of Jack's medicine, mercury bichloride, which is poisonous in large quantities, but it's topical. So it's used on the skin to treat like the sores that come with syphilis or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but she ingested <laughs> it, which makes it poisonous. Um, so some people say it was suicide. Others say that her husband killed her. But a much simpler explanation might be that this bottle was labeled in French and Olive might have thought it was alcohol and just went to drink it because uh, apparently they had had a fight beforehand. And so she might have thought, oh, this is, you know, some alcohol that he brought and drank it to, uh, you know, kind of ease some of her pain. And then it was like, not good like they brought her to the hospital and pumped her stomach but regardless of how she actually ingested it um she died two days later and her body was brought back to woodlawn cemetery in the bronx for burial so she was brought back to new york um that's where back to new york i went back yeah (laughs) uh so that's where she was laid to rest and not long after that workers at the new amsterdam theater began to notice odd things happening um People were saying that they ran into her backstage and then like they would tell their friends and they're like, uh, excuse me, that's impossible. She died. And then she kind of just kept appearing to people throughout the 1920s. But then um, she went quiet because there was a, a stretch of time where the theater went into decline and was underused and it wasn't, um, it, it didn't actually come back around until like Disney bought it and they started doing re- renovations and stuff or they, you know, they didn't buy it, but they signed a lease to use it mm-hmm. for their productions. Um, so early reports of Olive's appearances kind of described her as like a young girl, like young woman wearing a sash and carrying a bottle of pills who would sometimes speak to people. Mm-hmm. And then people throughout the years who didn't know each other and didn't know who she was would kind of imitate the voice that she used and it was always sounded the same so like you know it's kind of like a corroboration of those stories right and then reports began picking up even more when disney corporation bought the theater in the mid-1990s and started restoring it so the construction workers started reporting that their off-limits work area was being invaded by a woman carrying a blue bottle oh and then these reports continued after the theater reopened um, in 1997 and have continued ever since. That's crazy. Right? Um, it just seems like maybe that was where she was happiest. So she, yeah. Was there. Um, one of the stories involves a security guard and his encounter with all the spirit. He had been doing his rounds when he felt someone tap him on the shoulder. Um, so he was like, you know, yes, uh, he was scared, understandably so, uh, but he didn't like try to go after the person right away. He just kind of looked around and then he saw this mysterious woman who was in a flapper dress. And as he like kind of followed her to see what she was doing, she walked right through the wall and out on the mm. 41st street. No, you got me all the way fucked up. Right. Well, yeah, he apparently thought the same thing because he resigned after that. <laughs> well, that's what happened at the uh, place that I work. Yeah, I know. It's, so it's just funny. It like, I don't know. Do you, would you, re- if you saw like a full bodied apparition, would you resign? Would you like quit after well, that? I don't necessarily know. I don't know for sure that I would because, um, you know, if it's a, if it's, I don't know, I'd have to play it by ear. <laughs> what about you? I feel like. Well, I feel like it would depend on how scared I was by it. Like if, if yeah. I was, if it, if it seemed menacing or if it was trying to do something to me, I think maybe I want nothing to do with it again. But if it was like, if it was just like a flapper girl like this, I feel like maybe that wouldn't be enough to scare me away. Yeah. I think it would depend definitely on how the, uh, how the spirit felt, if it felt like mean or nice. Yeah. So anyway, according to uh, Amandola, again, who was the the VP of the Disney thing, 
-hmm. had his own encounter with Olive when he was first touring the theater in the mid 2000s during like the renovations that were some of the renovations that were going on. Um, and as he, he kind of like passed below the stage, but while he did that, he s heard distinctly the sound of tap dancing on the boards above him. So he's like, wait, who's here? And then he went back up to the stage level and there was nobody there. So he was completely alone. Oh, so he, he was like, okay, something's going on. Um, and Olive will appear in the trap beneath what was once the stage of the new Amsterdam roof theater, um, which is where he heard that mysterious tap dancing. It's now used, um, the space is now used for storage, but employees often report seeing a woman there or sometimes just uh, a disembodied pair of feet climbing the staircase. What? That's weird. Yeah. So um, during the previews of Aladdin, he said that they had a female replacement conductor. So she, she had worked with them before and she knew about Olive. And so she was getting ready in her dressing room. Um, reading an email from the conductor, she said that like, oh, he was, so he was reading this email uh, of her encounter and said, quote, well, Olive, I'm back again and I'm a little nervous. I just wanted to introduce myself again and ask if you could please give me some good luck. And then she said, I wonder what the Follies girls would have thought of a female conductor. And so then according to her email, four of the round dressing room bulbs flickered on and off for a few seconds and then stopped. The bulbs were all new having just been replaced for the show. So she said it was like a wink. She was signaling that she was fine with the idea. Oh, I love which, it. Yeah, which I thought was kind of sweet. Uh, That's cool. That's because, really you cool. know, like probably back in her day, you would never have thought like, oh, female conductor. Right. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. It. So then Aladdin opened there in 2014. And shortly after the opening, an audience member came up to one of the ushers during a performance and asked if she could have a booster seat for her child. Um, and then he said that they don't like to interrupt a show. So they waited until intermission and came back with a booster seat. But when they found the lady, she already had one and her child was like sitting in it. So he asked where she'd gotten it. And she said, a lady at the back of the theater had gestured to where they were. And he was like, now we don't have a woman at the back of the house who does that in the middle of a show. Like they don't have, no employees had done that. Right. And they asked all the staff and none of them had said that they did it. And so he was like, you can take that how you like, but it was kind of freaky. So That's they crazy. think that it was Olive being like, oh yeah, the booster seats are over here. I do love that. That's good. That's good Yeah. Shit. So it was like, at least she's helpful, you know, she's uh, making sure people are enjoying the theater. That's cute. And apparently she also will only play by her own rules. Uh, he says, Amandola, he says, quote, she doesn't appear on Halloween, for instance. When people try to find her, they can't. She mm. tends to appear just at the moment we forget about her, when we're busy putting in a new show or putting a new office in, when there are changes happening, which is pretty common, you know, with ghosts that right. they say, if you're like, you're renovating a house, that it'll stir up paranormal activity or, you know, kind of any changes that are happening to the house because they're like what's going on here that's interesting because yeah. like it it's 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 just i don't know it's cute i like that she's like kind of like the little mother hen of the of the place yeah so she's kind of like she's helpful but she's also like kind of playful and you know yes. like if you if you don't pay enough attention to her then she's gonna cause a little ruckus but if you are giving her her dues then she seems to like pitch in and help in places so I thought that was kind of cute and they say Olive also is a little bit of a flirt because she will appear appear overwhelmingly to more men than women hmm. um in fact she's appeared to men so much that they reportedly now only employ female overnight guards because oh, that's funny of like the guard that first saw her and resigned was a man so they, they, um, they have female guards now so that, you know, she's less inclined to appear to them and they won't be scared away. That's hilarious. Um, and, and actually Olive still has fans. They have heard of her and that she haunts the theater. So some people have tried to stow away in the theater until after closing to catch a glimpse <laughs> of her. And because this has happened, you know, more than once, they now do regular sweeps before locking up each night. That's funny. Just to make sure that no one's hiding there to, to catch a glimpse of Olive. 
Oh my gosh. You could not pay me enough to like lock myself in a scary ass old theater overnight. Right. I feel like, unless, I mean, obviously like if like, you know, I guess that's not true. Cause that would be kind of fun, but I wouldn't do that. Like without permission, you know? Right. Right. It's just like, these people are like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, that seems so weird to me, but yeah, it says that they, so they now do the staff does sweeps before closing up just to make sure nobody's like hiding in, in behind a curtain or something, trying to meet Olive. Amazing. Yeah. So, um, and that's pretty much, that's pretty much it for, for the story of Olive Thomas and new Amsterdam theater. So if you ever catch a show there, uh, make sure you blow a kiss to her. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. It was just kind of like, a, it, like, it's sad that her life ended right you know, before, before, you know, really it was like in the prime of her life still, but it's kind of fun that her ghost still hangs around the place where she used to work and is still kind of helpful and stuff. So I thought that would be a little love bit it. more. I love that. I love that. There's like the stickler who's like, uh, we don't, we don't stop them in the middle of the performance to get you a booster seat. Oh, totally. And, and Olive is like, don't, don't mind Jared. He's like this. He's been like this for <laughs> years. They're over I mean, here. That's a thing though. It's like some, cause some theaters, like they won't let you in oh, if yeah. you're late. Yeah. Um, you can't, yeah. I, I was late one time to a Broadway show and I was so embarrassed and it was because I was having, well, I was having uh, wardrobe issues and then the train was running behind. So I arrived like a minute or two into the first song. And so the, the ushers kind of led me to the back of the floor area and said like, you can watch the show from here and we'll get you after the first uh, song and then you can go up to your seat. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I hate that too, though. It's it was like, the it, sucks, it but... was the worst. I was like, I'm so embarrassed, but I wasn't the only one. There was like a a couple and a kid with that arrived around the same time I did. That's funny. Yeah, so we were all oh, kind of standing in the back there, waiting until wearing we... your dunce hats. Right. Yeah. Embarrassed. That's really funny. So what oh, you I got love that you? though. Okay. So mine actually is way, it's more sad than this. Um, because, um, but it has a happy ending. So have you, I don't know what made me think of this. I thought it was interesting when it happened. And then, you know, we got a little update, um, after it went on, but have you ever heard of Jamie Kloss? No. Okay. Well, you'll, you might, once I get going, but anyway, yeah, not so by name anyway, the name doesn't sound, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Well, uh, this took place in Barron, uh, Wisconsin. And so in 2018, um, hold on one second. Sorry. Okay. I think he did, does that to me every single time. And I hate that. It just drives me nuts. Um, I don't know why it does that anyway. Sorry. Okay. So in 2018, um, it was October 15th, which is actually my nephew's birthday. Um, so October 15th, 2018, uh, it's about two or about 1253 AM. Um, 911 receives a call and it's, uh, Denise Kloss. Um, she makes a call, but you can hear her screaming in the background, but like, she really doesn't say anything. She's just like mumbling and some noises and uh, the operator like heard there was disturbance and yelling and stuff before the phone call was disconnected. So they try to call her right back. It went right to voicemail. So of course the police respond. So they get to this house in Barron, uh, Wisconsin, and they respond. They they come up to the front door. The front door is kicked in. There's a window shot out, and there's James Claus, who was 56 at the time, is dead fatally shot in the house and then they you know are investigating more and they go in and in the bathroom the bathroom door is kicked in and denise is um fatally shot in the bathroom as well laying in the tub and um they had a daughter jamie who was 13 years old who was nowhere to be found Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, that was the funniest thing ever. It's Ollie. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he could like he hears whatever's going on outside, and he's pacing back and forth from what, the the back window to the front window and making all those noises and like hopping up and looking funny. out the window. 
That is so funny. Alice was like barking at first, and then I like told her lay down. She finally did, and then she just like lifts her head a little bit and was like, like trying to let her know, like trying to let me know I'm still here, but fine, I'll be good. (laughs) But anyway, on guard duty, you know. Yeah, just making sure the neighborhood is okay. I mean, shit, they they got to do it. Who's gonna do it if they don't? You know, right? Sorry, Um, but anyway. No, you're right. So, so anyway, Jamie was, Jamie was missing 13 years old. Um, they kind of lived out in the woods. So there were like some gunshots and neighbors said like later, yeah, we hear gunshots, but hunting, you know, like it's not the craziest thing to hear a gunshot. Right. Um, so they couldn't find anyone, couldn't find anyone to like, to like pin, not pin this on, but like, you know, couldn't find the culprit. And so I guess like a week, about a week after she, um, went missing in the family with the mom and dad were found dead. There was this guy, and this is crazy. They so they apprehend the suspect, and his name is Kyle Janinke. No, Janky and Anis. Um, anyway, Kyle was uh early 30s, and they busted him breaking into their the house, the Kloss house. And so anyway, they have all this footage of him, like uh watching him and everything. And he is like, I was just in there to find out like where who took her because you know, I I'll, I will not, I don't like, you know, when some, when a girl goes missing, he's like, that's just like, pisses me off. And they showed the footage. Like he was like dead serious. Like that's why he was in the house. So they do all this investigation on him. Wait, like he heard that the kid, that the, the, the parents were killed and the girl was missing. Oh, okay. Like said that he went in the house to like, go find clues. And so he could find this girl. Oh, that's yeah. That's not weird as hell. Right. Yeah. Well, come to find out, believe it or not, he was not their man. He was not the person who took Jamie. And um, he literally was, in his words, just trying to like find out some clues to find out where she was. Well, the only thing that sucks is this whole time that they're investigating and they think they've got this guy. That's precious time, you know, that they've taken away from the investigation. Right. Uh, which sucks. So anyway, so this is crazy. So two plus months go by 88 days Jamie Kloss is missing and you know you know as well as I do like 48 hours after an abduction uh you know it your chances of of finding the person is is finding the person alive is like way done you know right so anyway um so people are you know obviously still looking for her there's reward money out like it's just they're trying to find her but you know at the same time they're mourning the loss of the mom and the dad and all this shit so 88 days later, January 10th, 2019, um, about an hour away from Barron, Wisconsin, uh, Gordon, Wisconsin, 911 receives a call. And it's this lady. Her name is Christy Kazinkas. Um, and so she's like uh, talking to the uh, 911 operator. And she's like, yes, I have this young lady here. And I, she's saying her name is Jamie Kloss. And so... Uh, 911 gets on the phone and, or, you know, the 911 operator's like, are you sure? Like, she's like, yeah, I've seen, I like she, this is her. And so this other lady who, I guess like the lady who found her, Jeannie Nutter is her name. And she was actually walking her dog and, uh, Jamie Kloss, like came crying, running up to her. She was wearing like leggings and a shirt and shoes that didn't, didn't fit her feet. And she was like running up and she was like, help me, help me. I need help. I need help. So she was like, oh, like, slow down. What's wrong? And she's like, I, you know, I, I, this guy's after me. Blah, blah, blah. I just escaped his house. So she takes, she takes her to this house of the Kazinsk, the Kazinkas. Um, and Christy calls 911. Okay. So, you know, uh, Jamie, they called 911 and they're even in the 911 call. They're like, you know, she's like really afraid or whatever. Um, that he's like still out here. So like it, and it would Christy and her husband were home. So they were like, it was the craziest shit, you know, but they hurried up and got a police officer there. So Jamie was actually able to identify this guy's car who kidnapped her. His name was Jake Patterson. And so she was able to talk about what his car looked like. So he's in his mid twenties, ex-military and he, they find his car based on her description and he is arrested. And then like, he, he pretty, I think he pretty much knew he had done fucked up because like at when they arrested him, he was like, I know what this is about. I did it <laughs> like, all right. You know, like, give me a break. Right. And, um, so I was like, Oh geez. So anyway, um, so I like, you know, we're like, Oh my gosh. Um, looking at this. So 
he's like they they take him and put him in the car and even like when he's in the car he's just like acting kind of weird and stuff and um so later on as things kind of go because like he starts spilling all the beans you know like he's telling all the all the business and oh, um business. you know obviously they inv- inv- uh, like investigated and um interviewed jamie and stuff so later we found out that he had been like trying to kidnap her for a couple different times so i guess um a couple weeks or a couple like maybe a couple weeks before he had actually kidnapped her um his first attempt he went to her house and he said he drove a home um he drove close to the house to kidnap her but um there was like people at the house or something and he was he was afraid he would leave witnesses so he drove away and then i guess a couple days later he went back again but he said it was still like a lot of activity in the house so he aborted the mission so then on 10 15 he you know went in he said he was like um dressed in all black and that's what uh jamie said he was dressed in all black a ski mask and everything approached the front door and he had a shotgun this time so now this is like jamie jamie is they interviewed her obviously and stuff and she told the story so she said she was at um at her house and she was either awake or awoken um and alerted her parents to that somebody had pulled up in the driveway and, and he was walking towards the door and he had a gun her dad told her mom and her to go hide in the bathroom so Patterson said that he kicked in the um the bathroom door and they were in the tub. Well, first off, he he shot through the window, killing the dad, and then oh. kicked open the door. And then he uh went and found him in the bathroom, kicked open the bathroom door, and then he told made Denise the mom like uh take tape uh Jamie's mouth, but I guess like she wasn't doing it to his liking. And then so he like did it himself and like wrapped a shit ton of tape around her and then shot the mom in the head. That's so terrible, dude. Yeah. And so he like grabbed Jamie and dragged her out to the trunk. And like, this is clearly premeditated. Like he right. had taken the uh, light out of the trunk. So when he opened up the trunk, there wouldn't be a light, you know, kind of giving him away. Mm-hmm. And he had taken that, um, that little pulley thing that gets you out of the trunk. If you're locked in there, he had taken that out. And, um, so it's crazy because later on the cops actually realized that they had been, and I guess because, uh, Patterson and Jamie both had, uh, like had like confirmed that this happened the dash cam of the police officer you know when they got that 911 call and then they call back and no one answered they sent people out right away and i think it was only like probably four minutes from the call to where when the cops got there mm-hmm. well as they were going to the house patterson was literally driving the opposite direction and pulled over because you know when you the cops have the lights on you got to pull over oh yeah he literally like pulled over to the side of the road they literally passed him Oh my gosh. But you know, like you wouldn't know, you know, like right. you don't know what's going on. You don't know that she's missing or anything. Right. So he literally kept her in his house for 88 days. Um, oh she recounted her time. She said like, he would make her stay under his bed. He had a twin bed and it was like, Oh, I think I have heard about this one before that. Uh, that sounds familiar. Now that you said he, she made under the bed. bed. Yeah. So he had, he would put her under the bed and he would, um, he would make her stay out there with no food, no water, uh, no bathroom he would then like sometimes he would like bring her out and he would like play board games with her and watch tv and like share a bed and stuff and so this is the crazy shit like his dad would come over his dad said his dad like to like to this day has admitted like he was over there most saturdays and didn't know he had no idea he said um and then uh patterson just said that he would turn the music up really loud in his room yes i remember this now i didn't remember her name but i have heard of this yeah and so she, so he what did like, a and I, sick fuck. dude, seriously. And then, so apparently nobody, nobody knew that he was like this at all. Like all of his friends were like, oh, he's a nice guy. And it's even crazier. The lady, Chrissy, who ended up making the 911 call, she actually taught him. She was a teacher and she actually taught Patterson. And she was like, he was a really nice kid, quiet, like, you know, didn't, didn't do crazy much, whatever, you know? And the okay. Well, was- I feel like I have to bring this up now as a quick aside, because he said like his friends didn't know these psychopaths are really good at hiding their behavior like um so you know it just happened like with our former school that we went to that one of the teachers was interested and then I was like I don't know if I was talking about with you or with my mom but it's I want to cover it someday but it's also like BTK like the killer was the freaking like president of his church this is why I'm like the people I'm most scared of are religious white men because they're usually like in the positions ones of power. who are hiding their, their, um, their, I don't even know what I'm trying to, 
what their we're badness. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you call it your badness. Yeah, they're hiding their badness. Yeah, uh, under all of this, like, oh, look at me! Yeah. I'm an upstanding citizen. Yep. I'm, I'm a pillar this, of the community. I'm in, in my house. Yeah, he. Yeah, I completely he, agree he with you. Killed and tortured people and hid it for years and yeah. years. And he was like a father. Like they were like the kids are like, no, he was a great guy. Like he was right. a great dad, normal dad, normal like, upbringing. Like it's so crazy fucking crazy. But you know what this is? I'm gonna just say this too because this is something that I think that this is a problem of the patriarchy because the patriarchy hurts men too because they hold men to these levels of where you can't show any emotion you right. can't be vulnerable you have to act a certain way you have to yep. be the provider you have to be strong all the time and that's men aren't necessarily built that way no like, that that is it is very, very emotion right. and be vulnerable sometimes otherwise it like manifests in these Right. And then crazy ways. You know, you're playing slice and dice in the kitchen while your right. kids are at school. It's just like, damn. Agreed. I completely get, get agree. Get a with fucking you. therapist. Yeah. Like, I agree with you. I don't know, man. It just, I, it, that's insane to me. Cause more often than not, it's these same kind of guys and they, they snap, you know, because they've got yep. issues from their childhood or they've got this or they've got that. It's like, if you had fucking talked to somebody about this and yes, tried to work it out, maybe you that. snapped and tried to kill somebody. Yes. It's like, when are we going to normalize people getting therapy and people talking to, about their mental health issues? Like, when are we going to normalize it? Cause if we don't start normalizing that, we're just going to continue to have these people who snap. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I really don't. It's just crazy to me that it, it always seems to be the guy that nobody expects you know seriously it's absolutely ridiculous i completely i completely agree with you um well what's interesting too and this is just crazy so apparently so they obviously interviewed uh jamie and everything and interviewed patterson what is interesting is that he never sexually assaulted her really yes so he would have her share the bed with him but he they interviewed her and interviewed him and he never had any counts of sexual assault toward her. So this isn't like her just maybe blocking it from. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, granted, of course, you know, we never know. She'd be the only person who would know, but he said like, it was never like that. And a lot of times you find people, it's like, they already know they're going to jail, you know, forever. Right. Like, I don't know, but he was only charged. So he was charged with two counts of intentional homicide, one count of kidnapping and one count of armed burglary. So what did he not, what did he uh, do with her then if he was keeping her there and not raping her? So apparently, so I like had uh, read a couple things and saw a couple things. People were talking about how, like, it's definitely about power, but also for him, it may have just been about like a companionship and him being able to control the type of companionship that he had. Like he could control that she had to hang out with him or she, she had to, you know, play a game with him when he wanted or watch TV when he wanted stuff like that. That's it. That's just yeah, so isn't that crazy. Well, that's one of the things I thought was really interesting about this. Cause this is another thing of like, you know, that you talk, you hear about like the, the in what do they call them? incels it's involuntary um, celibate those like those guys oh yeah yeah okay crazy and like shoot women and stuff yes. and it's just kind of like you know i'm i'm a single gal i've not had a long-term relationship before but i'm not gonna go out and kidnap some dude and force him to be my boyfriend right that right exactly it's just like so weird to me and the fact that like he he was I don't know. I just think it's crazy to me. Like he had had her and everything. And like when it's like, sometimes like wouldn't feed her and stuff, but then literally when it like he, he didn't apparently according to her, according to him and according to like what ended up, what he ended up getting charged with, he never sexually assaulted her. Wow. I mean, that's good. Obviously like, I mean, that's yeah, great, it's good for her that she doesn't have that added trauma me. on top of everything. But I just, am like, and also too, he pled guilty. So he pled guilty. And then his reasoning was that he didn't want to have to put her through a trial. So what's crazy about this is, so he said he saw her at the bus stop. So it's not like a stalking situation where he was stalking her for years. He, you know, was a friend of the family or whatever, and always watching her, nothing like that. He literally saw her at the bus stop and was like, that's the girl that I'm going to take. That is so weird. Yeah. He's fucked up. 
Um, it's almost so, like like it's almost weirder than some of these other ones because at right? least you kind of understand their motives a little bit yes. more. And it's yes. just kind of like he was like, you know what? I'm lonely. I wish there was someone here, but I want to be able to control every aspect of it. And then yep. he's just out one day. He's like, "Yep, that girl. I'm going to take her." She's yeah, like, because if you think about it, if you if you if you take a woman like a grown woman, first off, she's going to be harder to deal with, like just body wise, unless she's like super petite, right. you know. And then you're going to have to deal with her maybe being in your mind, in his mind, because um, Jamie Kloss was smart. But you know what I mean? Like in his mind, smarter, like an adult woman would be smarter. She tried to get away more. Maybe in his head, he's thinking long term, like, okay, let's say for for uh, let's say for a second. I mean, he's obviously fucked up, but let's say for a second, he's not like sexually a deviant like that. Maybe he was like, you know what? I'm going to take her. She's 13. I'm going to get her to to have like kind of like a what do you call that Um, when you fall in love with your captor uh, Stockholm syndrome yeah get this little Stockholm syndrome going on she's gonna fall in love with me when she when she becomes an adult you know when she turns 18 or whatever then we'll get married like maybe he was thinking like along those lines yeah, I, I don't know that's crazy yeah absolutely fucking nuts so anyway so he was like um like pled guilty whatever so this is really cool though I will I will tell you this so this Jamie so Jamie was she was really smart she was thinking the whole time she was in there she would like pay attention to when he left the house you know the sounds that she would hear and so what he would do is when he was um when he would leave he would like put her under the bed and he would put um like like bins and stuff in front of the bed and kind of try to like barricade her in so she would listen and find out and like pay attention to when he left and when he came back and how long it was and all that shit so she was able to he said he was leaving for a couple hours so she made her move grabbed his shoes and um because obviously it was uh you know in january and um or no sorry in october so it was getting chilly and stuff and then um you know she made her move so i had to read i gotta read this to you so she had a letter she wrote because she didn't obviously present herself in court um you know because like a lot of times you'll read like a witness statement or whatever mm-hmm. so she wrote this and um he her attorney read it and i'm gonna read it out loud because it is literally like it gave me chills She wrote this 13 years old. It says last October, Jake Patterson took a lot of things that I love away from me. It makes me the most sad that he took away my mom and my dad. I love my mom and my dad very much. And they love me very much. They did all they could to make me happy and protect me. He took them away from me forever. I felt safe in my home and I loved my room and all my belongings. He took all of that too. I don't even want to see my home or my stuff because of the memory of that night. My parents and my home were the most important things in my life. He took them away from me in a way that he will always leave me with a horrifying memory. I have to have an alarm in the house now just so I can sleep. I used to love to go out with my friends. I love to go to school. I love to dance. He took all of those things away from me too. It's just too hard for me to go out in public. I get scared and I get anxious. These are ordinary things that anyone like me should be able to do, but I can't because he took them away from me. But there are some things that Jake Patterson can never take away from me. He can't take my freedom. He thought that he could own me, but he was wrong. I was smarter. I watched his routine and took back my freedom. I will always have my freedom and he will not. Jake Patterson can never take away my courage. He thought he could control me, but he couldn't. I feel like what he did was a co- what a coward would do. I was brave and he was not. He can't ever take away my spirit. He thought that he could make me like him, but he was wrong. He can't ever change me or take away who I am. He can't stop me from being happy and moving forward with my life. I will go on and do great things in my life and he will not. Jake Patterson will never have any power over me. I feel like I have some power over him because I get to tell the judge what I think should happen to him. He stole my parents from me. He stole almost everything I love from me. For 88 days, he tried to steal me and he didn't care who he hurt or who he killed to do that. He should stay locked up forever. Isn't that amazing? Dude, I'm going to cry. I know. I got goosebumps when I was reading and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's amazing. So yeah. So she is, um, she really was smart. Exactly what she said. She paid attention. She was smart. And, um, she, they read that out and he was like, he kept just shaking his head. Like he just kept shaking his head, which tells me he was probably fucking delusional. And in his mind, he was like, she's going to fall in love with me. That's what kind of makes me think right. like he, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if he were a true psychopath, he probably wouldn't have been, had any emotion. He would just be sitting there, you know, wonder, or like yeah, smiling like or laughing like or, you know, to groom her or something, you know, right. Like, 
oh, I can take her and it'll be a slow process, but eventually eventually you know, she'll come around. Yeah, eventually she'll come around and then we can be together and whatever. Yes. Um so he was actually sentenced to two life sentences plus 40 years without the possibility of parole. Um oddly enough, he's not loving prison. <laughs> um there was a Shocker. video uh yeah there was a video that was obtained um and i'm not sure how they obtained this video because i didn't know they really would like leak this stuff but he got in an altercation with another inmate because as we know sex offenders and people who fuck with minors are not super well treated in prison um and the inmate found out about his crimes against um jamie and they got in a little kerfuffle and he kind of got the shit beat out of him which was great to see (laughs) um anyway but uh so jamie is being raised by her aunt jenny and her uncle um she's doing by i would say by all accounts she's doing really well what's How interesting when she was taken 13 wow so she's only like 15 now yeah um the aunt made a statement after he was sentenced okay you just said wait said, this was 2018 yeah so she's 17 then she's 17 oh my gosh dude where you're i was like go? it does feel like it's <laughs> still 2020 and oh my way. gosh it really does oh my gosh the world, like really stop the world stopped moving forward in march Seriously. i really feel literally like you know how they talk about like people you know in addiction and when they start using drugs is kind of like where their mind kind of stops like that's where their maturity level stops i swear like that's the entire world like we all kind of just stopped growing in 2020 right like, like it's, it's just all it's- stopped it's, this is the now the third year of 2020 seriously oh my gosh yeah that's crazy to think she's in 17 yeah and um her her aunt made a statement um after patterson was sentenced uh she made a statement and just said that like you know um that jamie is doing well and she you know has is getting help and she's taking it day by day and that she will may have more to say down the road but right now she's just kind of taking it as it is and day by day. So, well, yeah, um, I mean, I would expect that. Like, I just feel like she didn't get a chance. Like he took part of her childhood from her yes. too. So she didn't get a chance to just be a teenager, you know? Yeah. And I think too, it's probably very wise to have like, and I mean, you can't, I can't really say what's wise and what's not because I never, you know, I don't have kids and I would never have like, I don't know what would happen, you know, like that. But I will say that I think it's very wise of them to deal with it like that you know like yeah okay you know this happened and we're dealing with it we're not gonna have her out in the public eye doing all these this happens a lot who get who get taken or who you know they've been through some kind of ordeal is like the media just wants to keep talking to them and asking them about their thing and it's like you're forcing this victim to relive their trauma over and over for your entertainment and exactly that's, you should have some fucking respect and leave them alone exactly that's why i think it's very important that the family is kind of doing that keeping her out of the spotlight and kind of keeping it making sure that they're um you know they're they're taking care of her first and later down the road you know if she's able to and wants to you know give interviews or write a book or whatever it's you know down the road maybe but right now she's just they're focusing on her which i think is great yeah that's and good. what's interesting is my girl kendall ray that i love um she actually ended up doing a video on this um like really close to the time where um hold on one second because i wanted to show you but i i I wanted to tell you but i couldn't remember um so on um um sorry i thought i had this it's okay well done and then i just lost it where did it go um i wanted to show i wanted to tell you well anyway whenever she posted this video it was um it was like you know obviously after she went missing um jamie went missing and stuff and she had like put out you know put out a video and talked about her and if you have any information whatever and it literally was probably like only like a couple weeks after if that um that she put out this video that she ended up getting away Oh, wow. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I know it was only 88 days, but it was just kind of cool that she had put that video out there. Can you imagine then, being trapped under someone's bed for 88 days, though? Yeah, I mean, just horrible. And just like no bathroom and no that's food, almost three no water. God, it's horrible. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's just really shitty. He was a really shitty person. I say he is. I mean, he was. He is. He's still alive. Um, But yeah, just like a real shitty situation. And um, 
but yeah, I just, I thought that was cool. And I mean, as much as it's a sad story, it does have a happy ending. She got away. It seems like her family is getting her the help that she needs. Yeah. Um, and I, I love mean, that happy, letter that she like said. like a happy ending in, in terms of like, for how most true crime stories go. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And it's like, you know, her letter said, you know, every, like, you can't, you can't take away my freedom, but you know, I, you don't have control over me. And I just love that. I thought it was a really, a really cool letter that she wrote. Yeah. Like, I mean, she seems like a real badass. Right? No shit. Oh, and I also saw something else that um, there was, I think, a Genio Turkey. Don't quote me on that, but I think that was the company. They had a $25,000 reward for information leading to her return. And they ended up giving her the money <laughs> because Aww. she's returned herself. Yes. Aww. So she could put yeah, that like cute. towards, you know, college or yeah, something. Yeah, college, anything. So anyway, that's the story of Jamie Kloss. I've been thinking about that. I don't know. That's been on my mind lately, and I don't know why. Um. But then I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta talk about that. And that's something that has a little bit of a happy ending compared to. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, she's, she's thriving, you know, she's surviving, she's thriving and uh, hopefully she'll go on to do great things. Absolutely. Well, yeah. If, uh, if you have any stories, if you've ever been to a haunted theater or if you have any, you know, true crime, close brushes with mm-hmm. dangerous situations, um, or really any UFO sightings or anything really you just want to tell us, suggestions for upcoming shows, go ahead and shoot us an email. And where would they send that email, Leanne? They're going to want to shoot that email over to boozeandghoulspod at gmail.com. That's booze, A-N-D, ghouls, pod at gmail.com. Let me just tell you that I logged into our email today like um my computer had kicked me out of everything so i had to re-log in and i almost i almost tried to log into booze and ghouls instead of booze and ghouls pod and i was like wait that's not right yeah that's funny and i was like i wonder uh, i mean obviously it wouldn't have let me because i wouldn't know that person's password but i was surprised that it exists and i'm like whose email address is this right who is that well if you're booze and ghouls and you're listening to us let us uh, know. Send us an email to booze and ghouls pod. That's funny. Um, but yeah, and like I said, we're also on Twitter at booze and ghouls. Um, I'm going to p- be putting some polls out after this episode drops to help us figure out some kind of, you know, some upcoming format changes. And I'll just kind of, I can announce them here so you can go vote on them too. We're kind of either thinking of maybe moving to once every other week in terms of like posting or possibly doing seasons. I know some other podcasts do seasons. Um, and so we would end season one at some point and then pick up with a season two. So that's kind of stuff to be thinking about. And um, then also we are on Instagram and TikTok. It's at booze and ghouls pod. So you can give us a follow there. I do need to try to post some more stuff to TikTok because I haven't. We'll do. We shall. We'll do a TikTok tonight or not tonight. Uh, Friday night. Oh yeah, we are. Oh, we'll do a TikTok. And I need to post some. I need to post heart cider too. So, oh yes, I do want to try the new. So our local bar has some new hard ciders. Leanne told me about. Um, she tried them while I was gone. So they're delicious. Um, I will also be wanting to try them. So maybe yeah, Yeah. a little. We'll put a TikTok together sometime Friday night, which probably won't go up until Saturday at least, because you know you got to edit those those suckers. Um, but also you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, that helps yeah. us out a lot. And check us out. I think you can also rate and review in other places. I'm not really sure how it works, but we're on. Yeah, I don't know how that works either. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Come check us out make sure you subscribe drop us a rating and review uh we'd appreciate it greatly oh god all right well until next time stay boozy friends